We are again reading from the book of Luke, chapter 2. But before we begin, I'd like to ask a question of us. How often might it be that ordinary people, people like you and me, would be given a great opportunity and blessing of having an actual face-to-face encounter with the very person of Jesus Christ? That took place in the scriptures I'll read for us in a moment. But how often would that take place with you? We'll probably never know the answer to that question while we remain on this side of heaven. I can imagine when I get there, he'll say, Bill, do you remember when that was me? Do you remember when something else took place? I love to have those thoughts. But again, we'll probably never know the answer to that question while we remain on this side of heaven. But those encounters really may actually take place far more often than you and I imagine. Those encounters are spoken about often in these scriptures. Some of the most familiar ones are the ones that are spoken about in the gospel where the Lord Jesus walked about preaching and teaching and healing broken bodies. But there were other times, especially in the Old Testament, when men and women would encounter God, but sometimes not realizing who they were talking to. Moses encountered God as he was tending his sheep there in the wilderness, but he very quickly came to realize with whom he was talking. And then Abraham also encountered God on several occasions. On several occasions. The words of Genesis 18, there we see the account of the time when three men suddenly appeared outside of Abraham's tent telling Abraham that they were on their way down to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy them. That the people who live there in those two cities were so wicked that they all deserved to die. One of the men also at that time told Abraham that his wife would soon bear a child in her old age. In those scriptures, we can see plainly that it was the Lord who appeared to Abraham especially. The word Lord, as it's given there in those scriptures, means Jehovah God. Jehovah God. And so there's no doubt who that particular person was. Abraham knew within his spirit that the man was God himself. And he addressed the man as Adonai. Adonai, which means my Lord and my God. Again, the question that I asked a moment ago, how often might it be that ordinary people like you and me will be given that kind of great opportunity and blessing to have an actual face-to-face encounter with the person of Christ? Well, here in today's scripture text, we'll find just that kind of encounter taking place. Two dear souls, not mentioned again in these scriptures, but for these few moments and these few words of Scripture, they are enjoying an opportunity of a lifetime. And they say so. And we see that they responded in exactly the right way. Listen to these words, and if you would, read along with me. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 
So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in Christ Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Now also there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. Think with me, if you will, about these special encounters, both those in the Old Testament we spoke about a few moments ago and also those in the New Testament. And first recognize that those encounters did not simply take place by chance. They didn't just happen. They were all special appointed times and circumstances. Moses was minding his own business, shepherding sheep, as he did every day, when suddenly a bush catches on fire and begins to burn, but not burn up. And a voice called out to him, drawing him into a conversation. And it was a conversation that would eventually lead to the establishment of his whole nation of people and to the salvation of their souls. And yes, even to our own souls. And please take note also that it was not Abraham who sought out God to talk to him about Sodom and Gomorrah and about the rampant sin that was controlling those people in those towns. It came from God's own initiation. God came to Abraham just as he came to Moses there in the wilderness. And now here we see these two dear old souls, Simeon and Anna, doing what they did every other day. And suddenly they had their special encounter with God. And folks, that is the way of our Lord. In the book of Hebrews, we're told that God is the author and the perfecter of our faith. As the author, that means that he, God, takes the first step towards us. And then he carries it on forward to completion. God initiates the relationship that we have with him. He doesn't wait upon or depend upon an opportunity from some free will choice that we will make that will provoke us to step towards him. That will not happen. It is not our nature to take that first step towards him. How do we know that? He tells us so in Romans chapter 3. He says, there is no one who seeks God not even one. Not even one. And so as we know from John chapter 6, God takes that first step and he draws us to him. Jesus said, no one comes to me except my father draw them. 
And then after we have come to him, his spirit continues then to provoke us on to do the love and the good works that are ours to do. That special encounter that Abraham and Sarah had with God that day was an intentionally appointed time and an opportunity in their life. An encounter through which God would reveal to Sarah that she'd have a child. The beginning of a great and eternal nation and kingdom of men and women that would never suffer an end. A kingdom that would someday lead to an establishing a place for this baby Christ child, Jesus. Think about that, folks. God made that plan a thousand years earlier. He would establish a kingdom of men that would someday lead to and would bear this same baby Christ child, Jesus, that these two dear old souls were meeting for the first time. That's amazing to me. Here in our scripture text for today, this old man and this old woman, Simeon and Anna, they were rewarded with their special encounter with God in the person of this baby Jesus. And please do always remember that God has an intentional purpose within every opportunity that he offers to us. Simeon was here being invited to take part in a very special ministry of proclamation of the gospel. The proclamation of the gospel, the good news of the arrival of Christ our Savior. Listen to these words, verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the faces of all people. A light bringing revelation to the Gentiles, that's us, and the glory of your people, Israel. These words, folks, they seem simple enough, but they're not simple. Not at all. These words are profound and they're powerful words that tell you and me that hope, that which was once only hope, has now become deliverance. That's what one of the meanings of salvation is, to be delivered. The Christ has come to bring salvation to each and to all of us, and not, as it tells us here, not just to the Jews, but to you and me also, the Gentiles. Let me read those words again. Verse 29, Now you're letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentile and the glory of your people, Israel. Now, yes, these announcements had been being made earlier on several occasions by the prophets, certainly over the hundreds of years, and especially, though, by God's holy angels just a short time before uh, this meeting there in the temple. But it was especially important for men to begin to see the face of Christ and to recognize and to proclaim that he had truly come to live among us. The Emmanuel, he's called, which means God with us. Note here, too, that God blesses the ones that he has encounters with, just as with Abraham and Sarah. Here now, Simeon and Anna were greatly by God. And note these words also, as with Abraham, God's very intentional design and guidance to bring Simeon to this exact place at this exact moment in time. Verse 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. Folks, this was providential. It wasn't coincidental, and it wasn't accidental. I know I'm repeating myself, but I need for us, and I need for myself to always know that these are the plans of God that are being carried forward. And he's initiating them. 
were not just happening to show up at a particular time. Simeon was led by the Spirit to be there at that exact moment. He's always, God is always the, the author and the perfecter of our faith, bringing us to these special encounters and causing us to think and to do exact things at exact times, things that we would not do otherwise. And then note here also in these words of Scripture, besides Simeon, we see this second providential encounter, this other dear servant, uh, who's given this special blessing of meeting Jesus face to face, the prophetess Anna. Listen again to those words. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband for seven years from her virginity, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day, and coming in that instant, notice those words, coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all of those who look for the redemption in Jerusalem. When we read these brief words of encounters, we sometimes wonder about them. I must tell you that as I first read through these particular words of Scripture many years ago, I first wondered at God's purpose for including them in this holy text. But, and again, as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, Simeon and Anna are not mentioned again in the scriptures. This was their time, and this was their testimony. And so I've spent a lot more time reading and praying about these particular words, and there are treasures in all of the words that God gives to us. And you and I need to always remember that. When we're reading through these scriptures and we see some that don't seem to have a lot of importance. Read Second Timothy 3, where God tells us, all Scripture, all Scripture, every word within the Bible, all Scripture is given by inspiration. That word inspiration means God-breathed. Let me say that again. All Scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Again, I want to caution us. As we read through so many of these scriptures, especially when we get into the book of Numbers and all, and we reading, we're reading simply about some particular man begat this son and that son begat another one, and we sometimes uh, labor through that kind of reading. But every word is important. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. And these accounts given to us here about this man Simeon and this woman Anna, they're given to us for these reasons, to thoroughly equip you and me for God's good work. And we ought to dig deeply into every possibility of what they might mean to find the treasures that they hold. This man, Simeon, he was a local man, one who lived in Jerusalem. He was a man who was devout in his relationship with the Lord. He was continually, we're told here, looking for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation of Israel, those words speak specifically of the coming of the Messiah, the Christ. This very one that Simeon was holding in his hands, gazing into the eyes of him. 
And while it's not known exactly who this man Simeon was, it's been said by the Bible historians that there was this prominent man who resided in Jerusalem at that time, and he was the son of Hillel, who was the founder of a prominent college of theology, and he was also the leader of the great Sanhedrin. The Jews had said that that particular Simeon was endowed with a prophetical spirit, which this Simeon was also, but that he was not well received by the other members of the Sanhedrin because he was looking for a Messiah, where the rest of them were looking for deliverance from the Romans and their control over them. Again, we don't know if this Simeon was the same Simeon spoken about in these scriptures, but it would seem to fit. It would seem to fit because this Simeon was looking for a spiritual king, a kingdom that would bring salvation not only to his people, but uh, the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. Again, whether this Simeon is the same Simeon as uh, historians think, was the son of this Hillel or not, these words are plain and they're simple. He was a devout man, and he was given the special gift of being one of the first to recognize the presence of the Messiah, the Emmanuel, God with us. And Simeon made a clear and plain declaration of the true identity of the child as he spoke all of these things and about the things to come, things that this child would do as he would grow, that he would bring blessings, but he'd also bring sufferings to those who knew him. Now again, also, this second person that we read about here in these words, this very elderly woman, Anna, she's said to be a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, a prophet. A prophet, whether they be a man or a woman, has been given a special gift of speaking forth the truth of God. And we often think of a prophet as being someone who foretells the future. And that might take place. That may take place. But the real gift of prophecy is that which a preacher does every Sunday from these pulpits. It's the gift of telling forth the truths, the words, the plans, and the purposes of God that are found in the Scripture. That's the gift of a prophet. And Anna had that special spiritual gift. And like Simeon, Anna was drawn by the Spirit at that very moment that Joseph and Mary brought Jesus into the temple to be dedicated. And yes, it's true, Anna was there all of the time, but these scriptures take special note that she came into their presence at that very moment. Verse 38. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who would, who had looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. Anna, I can imagine, was interrupted by the Spirit from her prayers and her fasting to come in quickly and to take note of the dedication of this special child. God wanted Anna to see Jesus so that she could tell others. And again, as with Simeon, this encounter that Anna had was providential and not coincidental and not accidental question that I posed at the beginning of this message was, why does God take the opportunity to include these kinds of accounts within his word? And again, these two individuals, Simeon and Anna, they're not spoken about further in the scriptures. And we can't know the whole answer to that question as to why they are mentioned. It may be as simple as it's given here. God was satisfying the hopes and desires of those two dear children of his, Simeon and Anna granting an answer 
for their prayers because they've been praying that they would be able to see the Messiah. And folks, as God's dear children, He does the very same with you and me every day. Do you believe that? Are you looking for Him to do that? Sometimes I can see His providential hand at work. Can you? Have you stopped? Think that came for it. There's a saying that's popular today. People say that was a God thing. I think they're trying to express those words. Well, he is doing that in your life. Though we can't often see his hand unless we look for it carefully. Jesus had a saying that he said often. He said, he who has eyes to see, he who has ears to hear, let them hear. Otherwise, we're not going to know when he has put his providential hand into our circumstance and brought about something that would not have otherwise happened. But why is it? that we are so unaware of the guidance of God as he brings it to you and me, as he brings us through encounters. Why can we not easily see and trust God's providential hand as he works in our own lives? Because he's done that in my life. Not only this day, but all through every other day. Perhaps it's as I mentioned a moment ago, we're simply too busy. We get too busy with all the many circumstances of our daily lives And we don't recognize his hand at work in one matter or another. And as I've said, I I do fear that that takes place far too often. I'm too often busy. I'm blinded by my own busyness and I fail to see God's presence. Would that be so with you? You're just getting on about whatever that task is rather than looking for God's presence. I do believe that it happens with you as it happens with me. And the difficulty with that is that we'll then treat those special encounters, those wonderful blessings, as just some random occurrence. And it wasn't random. It was God's hand. And when we think of something that he's done as being just random, we miss out on some special opportunity that he was inviting us to be a part of. But we didn't see his hand. And so we didn't join him in. With Abraham, God was inviting him into his special counsel. He was inviting Abraham into the very presence of the Trinity to make intercession for those depraved people there in Sodom and Gomorrah. People that most all of them were about to die. Abraham was invited in to intercede for them, and he did. You might recall the conversation. He said if there's 40, 50, 20, 10 God God said, no, I won't destroy it if there's even ten that are righteous. But there wasn't ten. There wasn't ten. And so he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. But Abraham had a duty, and that was to intercede. And God brought him into that encounter so that he could fulfill that opportunity. And so it could witness to us that same thing is taking place with you. Has God given you the opportunity to intercede in someone's life? as you see them falling apart in their marriage, in their work, in their walk with Christ. You and I are being invited daily into those kinds of opportunities. And you and I have to be able to see His hand, to listen to that still, small voice, and hear His voice, and intercede, or take some other part that He would have us to take. You and I need to be as Abraham. You might recall these three strangers come to his tent and he welcomed them. Do you have a welcoming heart? Do I have a welcoming heart? Will we welcome 
Jesus into our presence. He's taking the first step. He always takes the first step. He's the one that will invite us and we will be invited. But will we hear? Will we see that it's Him? And will we follow Him? I'll close with these words. Revelation 3.20. He tells us, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ears, let's pray.